Hello and get ready for a treat here in episode 11 of Live Empowered. I'm your host, Dr. Lisa Summerauer. This week, you'll meet artist, pleasure activist, healer, and educator, Pink Flowers. Pink and I will discuss trickster techniques she uses to help people question social norms about race, class, and gender. Pink also shares the benefits of using ancient Navajo peacemaking techniques in our justice system to create more favorable and lasting community supportive outcomes. She shares her experience as a transgendered female and the importance of having access to gender affirming care. One thing you will get from this conversation, we will all do better if we live from the compassion of our humanity because empowered people empower people. Exactly. I'm, I'm going to put one of those up myself. Welcome, everyone. I'm Lisa Summer Hour. And yeah, that, so thank you for whoever did that. I think that was Brandy. My hope for you, my wish for this show, the reason I started this podcast is because I had a really strong desire to inspire people, inform, educate, sometimes entertain, and mostly encourage people to experiment with their lives. And I want you to experiment for the purpose of finding your different pathways to empowerment, because I believe there, there are, we have more than one thing that will trigger that sense of empowerment. And for me, empowerment is about living your life in a way that you feel vibrant. And my guest today embodies that on so many levels. And you're, you're going to learn about that as you learn more about her today. I want people to be their best. I want you to figure out what it means to be the best you to live empowered and lead your best self forward. Because I believe empowered people, empower people. And that is how I believe we're going to change the world. Now, let me tell you a little bit about my guest today. You're going to meet Pink Flowers. She's a black trans artist, pleasure activist, and educator whose work is rooted in the ancient shamanic African trickster and Brazilian joker tradition. So we'll get into that. Pink uses theater of the oppressed, art of hosting, Navajo peacemaking, and other anti-oppression techniques as the foundation for her theater making, mediation, problem solving, and group healing practices. And I know that's a mouthful, but this is one of the things, there are a lot of things I love about you. This is one of the people that I look to on social media to, media to inspire and encourage me. And, and I'll get into that later. I'm just so excited and so proud. Pink is the founder of award-winning Falcon Works Theater Company. Uh, which uses popular theater to build uh, capacities for civic engagement and social change. She's received accolades, numerous awards, recognitions, and citations for her work in community service. And she's been a faculty member at Montclair State University, Pace University, and a company member of Shakespeare in Detroit. Folks, guests, I want to introduce you to Pink Flowers. Go ahead. Y'all can clap. Y'all know y'all want to clap. Thank you. It's, it's wonderful to have you here today. You Thank know, you know so. I'm excited. We, we have talked everything from, from yeah. eyelashes to body parts. So, um. <laughs> I'm really excited. But as you, were, as you were talking, I was like, oh, yeah, we get to talk about that. And oh, yeah, we get to talk about that. So there were all these things that you were naming. Um, and you said, you know, a mouthful. And I just realized, yeah, we could go down. We could follow a lot, a lot of threads. Yeah, in terms we've got of, a, of we've things. got a, we've got some paths to go down. But I do yeah. want to start with African trickster Brazilian mm -hmm. Joker traditions because okay. I every time, first of all, every time I read it, it makes me smile. But I'm sure that a lot of people have no idea what that is. So mm -hmm. speak to us about what that is, and then I want to talk about your work with anti-oppression. Okay, well, um, tricksterism 
is something that I think most cultures embrace. It's sometimes the, you know, the jester, sometimes it's the fool. You know, in, in the United States, we have our cartoon character tricksters, we have Bugs Bunny, and we have, you know, these various characters that we, we, we understand are playing with the rules. They, they break the rules, but they break them in a way that makes fun of how absurd some of the rules are. And I look at, trick, I look at tricksterism in that, in that tradition where I will often, um, I, will, I will ask questions, not leading questions, but I will ask questions that I know will trigger a powerful response just to let people, just to keep people aware that they are in their bodies and they have feelings. And uh, a lot of times we, I find myself zoned out in places. And so the trickster is that person mm. who brings in, brings the information in in a way that makes it surprising and a little bit shocking, but it's probably something that we already knew and now that it's in the room, we have to deal with it. And so um, um, their tricksters are troublemakers. And there's, you know, there's, you know we think of Anansi yeah. the spider. There are, are characters that we've heard of through history. And then Allegba is also a trickster who's at the crossroads. And so all of the, these people that you come to when you want the answers, the real answers, not just the answers that are going to make you comfortable. Mm. So they, they find those ways to speak to the elephant in the room. I, I speak to the elephant in the room yeah, you in do. that tradition. <laughs> now, I, you know, and I'm, I say in the tradition because I don't think of myself as an African trickster, but it's in that tradition. So I find right. myself doing things and saying things that they're not mm -hmm. illegal, but they definitely will make us question social norms, especially when it comes to social norms about race and class and gender. Yes, and and you you definitely nail all of those. The theater of the oppressed, because I I was reading this to someone, and their thing was why anti-oppression techniques like what. So yeah, talk about well, you know what? Mm -hmm. Let's just do. I'm going to go through the list because I really want people to get the foundation of some of the work that you do mm -hmm. um, before we get into some of the juicier stuff, mm -hmm. uh, because these are the things that are really changing people's lives in a in an amazing way. And then for me, I, you do that with individuals and groups, but you as an individual are actually helping other people come to better, uh, better ways of understanding just how we all live individually and what that means and how to accept those different things. So talk about art of hosting mm -hmm. and the anti-oppression technique. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I love that. Um, you said, you, you, you mentioned the idea of living individually and in some ways it's the opposite of that because we don't nothing we do nothing as individuals we do nothing as individuals the two of us are together here on this broadcast because a lot of people put in labor to lay wires to make sure the electricity is is working in my place and in your place and that the signal gets working and once you you know these things were invented once you start mm. pulling apart how 
inextricably linked we are with each other at every moment of our existence, then you can really start living free. <laughs> you can start living freely. This is true. And so that's, um, and so that's just that idea. Doesn't even answer the question about anti-oppression. The answer. No, but you, you talked about that yesterday. Uh -huh. So thank you for bringing that yeah. up because we talked about just the magic of this yes. being able to happen yeah. and how many people had to be involved and why we don't get freaked out when technology is not working because it's like mm -hmm. really this is like a miracle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and and those connections are essential, and the breaking of those connections is what oppression is about. Oppression is, it's a coercive force that exists in all of our lives that makes us, you know, you can't do this unless you this. There's a lot of that in our lives. There's a lot of you can't do this unless you this. And often this, the first this can be translated all the way back to live. You can't live unless you follow this particular rule that's been laid out um, and the way that we the way the violence that takes the life comes visits us is not guns and weapons and explosions it's exclusion mm -hmm. it's restriction it's neglect mm -hmm. and you know if a person any of those, any of these things uh, can be critical, can lead to the kinds of isolation that, that make it impossible for people to continue living. living. And a lot of people make the choice not to, to continue living in that way or become so desperate within that, within that constant oppression. And I don't want, I, I, my sense is that people come into the room knowing what I'm talking about. I'm talking about I, th I think so. And, and this is the wonderful, this is the wonderful mm -hmm. thing. So at any point, if someone has a question, you can raise your hand. I will be opening up the floor a little bit later because um, I want you to hear more and learn more. But if you have a question, if something strikes you, um, you can hit the little circle down in the lower left and request to speak and uh, we'll, we'll get to you there. Um, it, what else did you want to say? Because I didn't even well, know about the Navajo peacemaking. Like, so well, I'm reading. I, when I read this, I was like, "We have been away yeah, from each other for a while." So we've been away from each other for a while. We've been away from each other. So the whole idea of the anti-oppression work is, it's a little bit like being a trickster. I use games. There's a series of games mm -hmm. that, after playing, and they're group games sometimes mm -hmm. in pairs, sometimes, you know, the last time I, I did this work, there were about 80 people in the room. People often move through or exist within this oppression completely submerged so that the oppressive reality is the only reality and feels normal. Mm -hmm. It feels normal. And anti-oppression work allows us to become critical of our own situations and to start saying, asking why, why certain things happen. And that kind of analysis, it doesn't take much. 
to get someone imagining a new reality once you have started them questioning the one they're living in. So that's, mm -hmm. that's what the anti-oppression work is about. It's just giving people the opportunity through playing games, being in their bodies, making images, doing theater games, to mm -hmm. practice a kind of disobedience to the way they're living their lives right now in the safe space of the workshop or the classroom or the playground. And they mm -hmm. can leave that space questioning, wait a minute, whoa, I just woke up. And the idea, the concept of wokeness really is about being mm -hmm. awake from this slumber, you know, being submerged in oppression. The Navajo peacemaking came just, you know, having a reputation as someone who was an anti-oppression worker. I was tapped by the Center for Court Innovation in New York City through the Red Hook Community Justice Center. They were starting a peacemaking program. They were engaging members of the community to hear cases, mm -hmm. to hear real criminal cases, not criminal cases as much as civil, civil cases, um, arguments, fights, broken, th you know, this person broke this. Um, and uh, these individuals have opted instead of having sitting in front of a judge going through a peacemaking process and a peacemaking process brings not only the parties involved to the table but their whole communities to really talk about what is happening because nothing happens in isolation. So the fight that happens between those two neighbors isn't just about them. It's about the apartment. It's about their neighbors and work and their relationships with other members of their families. And, and all of that builds up to this flashpoint where they came together and there was the conflict that you know, and got them arrested, that got them arrested. Right. And so now they have an opportunity to have all of those voices heard in the circle of the community. And the goal of peacemaking is to restore health to the community because the community will never be complete without those people as part of it. This is, it, it, I'm, I'm glad I asked about that one because that was the one where I was like, that one I'm not 100% sure. And, I, and what I'm loving is it's bringing indigenous traditional methods of resolution and mediation into our more formal court system, which does not typically operate like that at all. Yeah. So it's an innovative approach to uh, resolving conflict because you're right. It's never just the two people involved. There's right. always, and it's like that ripple in the water. It's all, there, there's always something either that caused that, that, that influenced it, or that situation is causing ripples that are gonna impact other people. Yes, so that's, yes, yes, because there's exactly, not only was the incident itself not the community, but the results, the impacts ripple through the community as well, absolutely. And so it's essential to the community that this be healed, not just to the two parties involved.
And I loved so, doing the work. Very, very moving often too. How long were you working in that capacity? How long were you working with them? I'm still officially a peacemaker. Okay. <laughs> I think once you become a peacemaker, you're yeah. just a peacemaker. Always a peacemaker. Yes. But um, now you were doing I, that work in New York. You're you're in Detroit. I was doing now, that right? work. I was I'm in Detroit now. Um, during COVID, I got to practice again because everything was virtual. So I was able yeah. to sit in on cases virtually. So that was pretty powerful. But yes, once a peacemaker, always a peacemaker. Always a peacemaker. That's that would be the goal. I want to ask you. So going working with people in that capacity, mm-hmm. um, the the folks who were already in the system, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's attorneys or mediators. Mm-hmm. Were they able to tell you the differences that they saw using the Navajo peacemaking techniques as opposed to what they did traditionally? Well, in the results or in the in the people that that you were working with, I, I think all of the work was done to get the program up and running. And I love you use the term innovation because it is innovation, but it's ancient innovation. <laughs> ancient right. It's right. Right. It's an indigenous. Ancient stuff that we are now innovating. Into, now right? that we're now <laughs> folding in and figuring out that maybe we don't. Can we say CBD? Yeah. Can we say CBD? Oh, yes. Yes. I hope we can say CBD. Um, so, <laughs> but, but yeah, so um, uh, we got to, as part of the training, uh, as part of the training, we got to sit in on traditional hearings like traditional civil cases people who get arrested for graffiti all just these various things that are you're not going to do hard time but it's a it's a it's a crime you've it's a, a civil mm-hmm. civil crime um it's that system is so violent the 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 person who the the subject the person who's life, reputation, mm-hmm. criminal record is on the line, says nothing. And an advocate that they did not even choose, generally, speaks for them, mm-hmm. makes the decisions for them. And that person then has to live with the consequences it's horrific. It's horrific. Mm-hmm. And because of the caseloads, we know. I don't even want to get into it. There's plenty of reading to right. do about how our justice system right. is twisted. The peacemaking program from the very beginning, I don't, let me describe a, 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 an altercation between um, two neighbors. I want to talk about that because that was the longest case that I got to work on. Mm-hmm that had gotten into a fight and they they uh, both charged the other with assault. So they were both up on assault charges, mutually up on assault charges. And they had opted to have their case heard. So what happens is we just go around the circle. We keep going around the circle. And every time we go around the circle, Everyone has an opportunity to speak. And there's a talking stick, and only the person with the talking stick gets to speak. No one's in charge. Um, the, the peacemakers are there to hear the case. 
And once we hear the case, then it's up to us to speak to the resonance of what we've heard. And often it becomes very emotional for the peacemaker because you're, you're talking about how what you're witnessing is often breaking your heart. Mm -hmm. And the specifics of why, and it's usually tied to a story from one's own life. I would tell stories of my own situations. And, um, and in that particular case, I talked about just living in the anger the anger that's so blinding that you can't hear and that you don't want to let go of and how painful that must be for each of them. So to talk about those realities, that would never happen in a court. Right. Just so the, it's a day and night. It's a day and night. Mm -hmm. And the sanctions are also very different because hearing the case, you get to know not just the people, but their their surroundings and their allies and their stresses. And so the sanctions become ways to help the clients address some of these things. And so instead of a punishment, it becomes about reparation and making amends. So which is a much more empowering outcome than just having someone punished. Yeah. Because we're we're you know we that person has now a purpose to be part of a solution. So that yeah, it was a really really and and what's interesting, I mean we're talking about peacemaking and I feel like we could just go on talking about peacemaking, but all of my work is linked in this way. It's always about creating spaces for hearing in ways that we had not heard before um, and bringing our humanity to play, often playing games in ways that we often don't get to in daily life, leaving us to question, hey, why do I do this more often? Mm -hmm. the, the peacemaking part, you're, you're right. I, it, it is a thread. Um, it's the, the peacemaking and the anti-oppression anti for me is a common thread through your work and your, your life, really. So I want to I'm going to go back because I want to explain to people. So we met. I don't even remember the year. I don't remember the year. I just remember. Um, can we do the title of the play? Um, Mama Louise and I, I can do May, it. The, the, the trial. Of one short-sighted black woman. One short-sighted black woman. <laughs> versus Mammy Louise versus and Safrida May. Mammy Louise and Safrida May. And what's funny is that how is could you point. not how could you not remember the one short-sighted black woman part when the one you short, it was you me. played the one short? I was the one short-sighted black. <laughs> you, you were the short-sighted the trial. Black, and you were fabulous, I, fabulous, I, fabulous in it too. It was we, wonderful working that on that piece. Was, the most fun production. Mm -hmm. It was the most fun. We had so much fun. Mm -hmm. It was a lot of work. Mm -hmm. And every now and then I want to challenge myself to see if I can remember all the names of those slave ships at the end of oh. that play. But I do believe I still, was that not oh. like a, a, an exam we never thought we would have to take? Those, those, the, the thing that's, I found lists like that where we name things or enumerate things in that way, mm -hmm. it's always so powerful. 
It is it so powerful every night. because it brings to light the immensity of that tr- yes. of that system. It wasn't yeah. it, it wasn't a couple of boats that went. It was no. ship after ship after ship Sh- after ship. It, ne- it was like making trip after list. trip, an endless list, and all of those ships in that list made trip after trip after trip so this was you know it was a really powerful and it was again an opportunity there was a lot of tricksterism in that play as well because it was funny we were clowning and then all of a sudden serious all of a sudden you know your guts are on the floor right all of a sudden we weren't clowning anymore anymore. we weren't clowning anymore and, and, and to see the audience come on that trip with us, to mm-hmm. you, you not even see it, you could feel the audience come on that mm-hmm. trip because it went from ha, 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 ha. Mm-hmm. Because the list of the ship's names. So people, we were naming at the end of this production the actual names of slave ships. And I, I should have looked it up to see how many ships we actually listed at the end of that play. And it just yeah. ended up being silent. Because people were just dumbfounded at the number of ships. So that's where we met. And I, I will I want to ask you, because we obviously are going to talk about your your transition. Um, so when I met you, you were Reg Reggie Flowers. Mm-hmm. Still fabulously six seven, still fabulously fabulous. And I have watched the transformation. And what I've loved about it and what's been so um, inspiring to me, Pink, is your vulnerability and your openness about sharing what this experience has been like for you. The good, the bad, the funny, the interesting, the the X-rated or the adult version. All of it. All of, all it. of it. So I'm living so folks, absolutely out loud. Yeah. You absolutely just posted a picture the other day, yesterday, and I took I showed my I said, I need to learn this daggone pose. <laughs> I, Facebook, they can't kick you off for that because you you didn't show anything. But I was like, can I might he's gonna she's gonna have me trying these poses. Because uh-huh. that was just a fabulous shot. Yeah. So I'm going to well, have to it, get to your Patreon because I think there's more stuff on Patreon. So would you? No, actually, I, actually, the Patreon, here's what happened with the Patreon. Just a quick side note. I realized uh-huh. what I was asking people to do was to admit they were coming to look at me have sex, basically. And so to get that's on patreon so basically no and now it's just i made it absolutely free anyone can get it there's a warning oh so now anybody can get it now anybody can get it and it's and it and the truth of the matter is um it it makes that part of my life somehow seem like it should be kept secret to make it harder to get Mm. to it and so for people to to make it harder for people to get to and so yeah so people can they can see everything. They, they certainly ask. They ask me the questions. They, <laughs> and that, you know what? And I have, I have, I have one or two of those yeah, questions absolutely. in here because absolutely. I know, you know, you talk about people asking these questions, and the, you know, like they're in a back room and they want to whisper it. But it's a these some of these questions are questions a lot of people have. So would you talk briefly about your your background, your upbringing, and yeah. when your transition? When did you know it's time for me to do this? Okay. That's actually, that's a wonderful question because there's two parts to the story. When I was five, I knew. And I was Susie. That's the name I had chosen for myself. And everyone was on board with it because I was cute. I was this five-year-old walking around saying, I'm Susie and living as Susie. 
And a point came when that was no longer, that was no longer cute. And not only uh, there did a point come where it was no longer cute, there a point came where there were other consequences to me living as a girl, a trans girl without any kind of support system, just kind of doing it on my own in a very predatory environment and not like the scary predatory, but just boys, just little boys um, taking out, you know, aggressions that they wouldn't be able to take out on this kind of freak of nature that and I and I don't say that to in a like a way that it was traumatizing but it was when I think about it in retrospect Mm -hmm. it was dangerous to be five six seven Mm -hmm. years old and trans um self-proclaimed and so then I went and you know been living this life you know assuming that I was you know, knowing that I was queer, but assuming that I was gay and that I was a, a man who was attracted to men, but even the, that, even that attraction um, just felt like it was coming from a place that I just never couldn't under, couldn't quite understand. Because when I was with men, I felt like I was a woman. I felt I would feel like I was a woman, regardless of what was happening, and. COVID had a lot to do with the final decision, being alone, being able to reflect, being able to read. And when I, when I finally started making my way out into community, I found myself in the trans community. I found myself with other people who were non-binary. I would say probably about uh, 2015, I started hearing people talk about being non-binary, being gender non-conforming. And that got me curious because I felt like maybe I'm that, maybe I'm non-binary, maybe I'm just non-conforming. I am non-conforming. I am not conforming. You are not regardless. <laughs> regardless. <laughs> On but, so many levels. But, you know, <laughs> just traditionally gender non-conforming. And right. it wasn't until really finding myself in a community of other trans people where I wasn't the only person, because often I was the only person in the room using they pronouns. Because mm. um, that was that's a choice of many non-binary right. people. NBs, they might be called. Uh, is to use the they pronoun. There's a whole menu of pronouns mm-hmm. that people use, including Taylor Mack, who uses the pronoun Judy. I thought I was going to be a person using they pronouns. Started spending time with trans people in the trans community, and I just understood that, first of all, this was an option, that it was possible that there were doctors that I had access to, there was a hospital that I had access to that was offering gender-affirming care. And I I just went for it. I just went for it. Again, assuming that I was non-binary and that, you know, I was going to consult with a 
doctor who was going to tell me things. And I walked in and and I just, like as soon as I sat down in front of the doctor and and she asked, you know, what what do you think? And I was just like, I want my breast to be out to here. Like it was like suddenly I could start I could see myself. <laughs> and that's another thing that um, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of oppression, what what doesn't what does not occur in un, in oppression often is the imagination. It's the death of the imagination. One cannot imagine themselves as anything, in anything, anywhere, doing anything other than what they are doing. And my being able to imagine it and to then see a path to it was really what got the ball rolling. And then once it was, once I was sitting at it with, with, you know, like Dorothy in the chair at the wash and brush up co when she says, you can even make my eyes to match my gown. It was like that. You can make my, you can make, you can do that. You can do that. And so you know, was, I wanted everything. I just knew I was going to do everything. I was going to do everything. And right. um, then just, just last winter um i wouldn't say this not this yeah just this last winter uh i was heading to brown university which is now i've been on the been a faculty member at brown university and i was in a car accident and my car went off the an embankment in the pocono mountains and i this, this is, is the Subaru in the snowbank. Snow and I ex- I just accepted everything. <laughs> I was so tranquil as the car was turning and flipping and, you know, landing. And like, again, another uh, Wizard of Oz reference when the house lands and, and Dorothy goes, oh, it was like that. It was like my house had landed in a bed of feathers. It was, there was snow in the, in, in the mountains. And the airbags that were pink, by the way, had deployed perfectly. And I'm just looking at my, my dog is really not, did did you freeze up a little bit? Am I okay? Yeah, you froze up a little bit. Okay, I won't move as quickly again. My my dog is knocked out in a way that looks disturbing, but I'm I'm assuming that they're okay. I'm just gonna let them. Scary. That just well, if you need no, I can see breathing. I can see breathing. I can see breathing. I think everybody. Oh, okay. I can see breathing. <laughs> they're just really knocked out in a way that they're kind of hanging out of the bed, and it's just really disturbing. Anyway. Going back to, like, the, in fact, that dog was in the car with me. So <laughs> I was going to ask you which dog was with you that, in the Subaru. That was the dog that was, was dog with me you. in the Subaru. And I, you know, I sort of like, oh, and I look and I'm looking out the front window, but everything was sideways because the car had landed on its side. And I was in my seatbelt, but kind of hanging in my seatbelt. And I looked down and the dog was standing on the passenger side window, which was cracked and, and white with snow. And the dog was fine. And I looked through, you know, in front of me, which is where the, where the, you know, the windshield was, which is, you know, now long, like a, like a dressing room mirror. 
and there is a man running at me frantically running towards the car and i got myself together and popped you know because the door was sideways so i popped it open kind of like coming out of a tank and i grabbed the dog and i stood up and this person was asking me if i was all right and i was and i was perfectly all right and the officer showed up on the scene and the first words out of my mouth to the officer was regardless of what my identification says i'm a woman and i would like you to call me ma'am and that had, that came out of nowhere because i'd never just mm -hmm. identified like strict like i woman i am a woman and in that moment it was just important to me to be recognized as who I was by this figure of authority. And I went in and just started changing all of my gender markers on everything and the, just everything. And from that point, I was, uh, I was a woman. So it's really only been a year that I've been firmly um, grounded in femaleness. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so it was a, or, you know, I guess sort of, you know, one of those near-death experiences that they talk about. Yeah, one, one of those moments. <laughs> it was it was a near-death experience, of course, and and of course. Right now, and, right now, most of us don't need to flip over in our car, and hopefully, but, don't, don't, don't. Right. But but right. what's interesting is that the seeds had been planted because I actually um, read uh, there's a, a, a management specialist, and I think they're. You know, they, they, one of their big things was like sort of in, 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 in finance, but I believe the person is Whitney Johnson and there's a book called Disrupt Yourself and it's all about how life has these built-in moments of just where everything gets shaken up. And as human beings, we are about you know tend to be about permanence and about making things fixed and this book questioned the idea not questioned the idea offered the strategy of being intentional about the way one changes things up in their life understanding mm. that it's going to happen it's going to happen and so to disrupt oneself is to make the choice to to work with nature, to work with nature. And so that's what I felt happened, that I disrupted myself. And of course, once I'd experienced that joy and liberation, <laughs> I was like, I gotta share this with other, I have to share this with everyone. So, so that's <laughs> there really- There was no a, going back. There was yeah. no going back. So a lot of, a lot of the, the capturing and the documenting and the sharing of this experience is because it is so joyful and queer people and trans people are so erased and there are no examples of us like really living our lives. The examples of us are, you know, when we look like Barbie, you know, Laverne Cox getting a Barbie doll made after. So a lot of times the image of popular image of trans are runway models, are runway models. And I say this, <laughs> I'm aware that right now that I'm a beautiful woman. I'm aware that I'm a beautiful woman. But also, that's not what my life is. 
my life is, you know, my life is not this, this particular hair, this particular look, us being here and being able to be poised and ask questions that we're comfortable with the answers to. Life is messy. But I was able to find joy Definitely. in all of that messiness. It, all of that messiness suddenly, instead of being the bane of my existence or a burden, became a celebration. Mm-hmm. And so I had to share it. And that, so that brings us to what my work is today. You broke up just a little bit, but it, I think you said it brings what I what I love from just watching you and experiencing you. It's the joy. It, it's palpable. People people feel the joy, even if they don't have any clue what transgender is if they're confused about how they the joy that you um, that lives through you that comes through you when you are sharing this information makes taking in this information educational for, for people and enjoyable because it's really impossible to watch you enjoy your if you can hear me let me see um i want someone to clap if pink is also frozen for you okay am i back you you were i could You could hear me. I, you were frozen on my screen, but I wasn't sure if it was me or you. So let me see if you are can, back. Can you hear me? Um, oh no, I'm. Fro- am I, I frozen? can hear you now. Okay. All right. I'm just going to try to keep still because I think part of the. Uh, no, the I think trouble you look good. I, I got. Okay. okay. Some claps there a minute ago. So one of the, I actually have something that I want to read. So I'm going to have to grab my computer. Pink, are you still hearing me? Yes. Right, maybe I moved to the wrong spot here. Hold on. Let me see. I'm going to go off video and come back in here. Okay, and Pink, I've just lost you in video so up oh, there you go you're back now okay let me see if you can say something and i can hear you again i'm not sure where the connection issue is okay can you hear me because i'm here and i think the the problem is i'm in detroit i think that's the problem is I that i'm in detroit <laughs> That, um, uh, Jacqueline, would you do me a favor and clap? It? Oh, now I hear you. I yes. 
Okay. Let me see. And I, and I, you know what, I see my thing is really clear, but that's always kind of, sometimes that fools me that I could still be having okay. the connection issue, even though your screen is what's freezing. So am I freezing for you? Cause you sound uh, great not, now. Yeah. You've been great. Yeah. It's coming in and out. I've I'm been gonna, able I'm to hear try you. something here. Let me see if I, um, folks bear with us, you know, every now and then we have technology mm -hmm. does what technology does. Okay, did this, I don't know if this got any better or not. Uh, you're moving much better now. Okay, so mom okay, or someone clap and let me know if this, all right. Excellent. And I'm not hearing the clapping. I see hands clapping down there, but I don't know if my mom hit the clap button again. Okay. So I wanted to ask you about, and I'm, there is a section that I, there is something that I want to read, but I want you to tell okay. the story of, of the little girl um, that you were, you were visiting a neighbor and their daughter and then it's funny uh, i've known you for 25 years 30 years so yeah and, and you'll still hear me slip up and do a he every now and then and i'm going to talk about about those two because i want to talk about those powwow faux pas right um mm -hmm. but i want to tell the story of the little girl because i know people who struggle with pronouns and i work in an area doing diversity work where you know i have she and he and they and and, and them and and all of all of those and I have some people go, oh, well, I just couldn't do it. Why should I have to call this person they? And it's like, well, if your name is Bob and I call you Sarah, are you going to have a problem with that? And it's not like it's asking that much. But talk about the, the, the story with the little girl and how simple it was, because I think children just get so much, so much easier than yeah. we do. It was so funny. Yeah. Um, I hope you can hear I me. I can hear you. And I, you're moving well. Okay, I was I was visiting my husband, which I don't get to do very often, which is another story. But I was visiting my husband, and be, uh, he has become friends with his downstairs neighbors. We don't live together, and we were go. I was going down to have you know we were going to have cocktails with the neighbors, and they have a toddler. And I've known, I, I knew their toddler when she was, you know, still in a stroller, basically. Uh, but she's now kind of up and conscious and social and just has become more of a person and has didn't really know me as before. Mm -hmm. You know, she didn't, she didn't know me before. She was really meeting me for the first time. And she was meeting this person named Pink, who was very tall. And we went down to her, to their place. And I, you know, I see the humanity in children. I cannot help but see their full humanity. And the idea that there's a person in the room who no one is engaging with because they're another, because they're othered, to me just doesn't... <sighs> So I'll tend to just check in. And of course, we appreciate that as people to be acknowledged, to have right. our humanity acknowledged <laughs> is fun. It's a fun thing. <laughs> right. Even, little, Even people little people like to have their, their humanity acknowledged. And so it was just like, you know, we were there and I wasn't, you know, I wasn't, we weren't having a conversation, but I was just aware. 
and they were showing me every now and then and they they handed me a rubik's cube and i haven't held a rubik's cube for for a while not seriously other than to move one away that was someone else's but she gave me this tiny little rubik's cube and i went to work trying to solve it and like i don't know how to solve it but i got one side to be all one color and she was incredibly excited about it and she was showing her parents and her parents applauded her and said very good and she said no she did it and she pointed to me and i had not told her i was trans i had not explained no one had explained to her who i was other than their neighbor from upstairs but she got it she just knew yeah and that and that to me was sort of that was one of those moments where i felt this is a lot easier, I think, than people are making it. Yeah, and you you actually write about that too, that most people uh, are much more accepting than we would uh, maybe anticipate. I, I think it's just that like anything, the people who have a problem with it, the problem is so big for them that it sometimes undermines and negates the people who just are accepting it. Um, because you, yeah. one of your pieces and I, I I can't find it. It's a one liner that I put. Um, oh, you are who you say you are. That's from one of your it's a line from one of your articles. And this one you were talking about uh, when it comes to sex and romance on ten on the tender scene, you are who you say you are. And I think if we can yeah. just accept that if this is who I say I am, I really don't need your approval and I'm not here for you to question it. If you just accept it, it'll be, you know, we have that serenity prayer that no one adheres to. <laughs> You know, and mm -hmm. and this falls under that. Accept the things that you cannot mm -hmm. change. I say it every day, often several times a day. So it's so crucial. It's so important. It, yeah, it, and it, for for anybody, everybody, all the time. It's like, is this something that I can change? No. Yeah. So what am I? Why am I putting the energy into this? And of course, you know, yeah. we'll do it. We'll, we all figure out a way to do it in some area. And you just hope that you get better at catching yourself before you go too far mm -hmm. down a rabbit hole of insanity. I want to read this yeah. from your pink imposter post, the pink imposter post, because it speaks to, I, I'll tell you, I think of uh, Proverbs 31, uh, the woman who was sewing and doing real estate and she was respected she had all of these gifts and skills and talents that she did she wasn't just this one-dimensional so folks i'm going to read this and you'll see on the ticker tape below you can find more about uh, pink at notoriouspink.org don't go to dot com it's notoriouspink.org and this is one of uh one of her blog articles you can read it says um Pink is a black trans woman who knows what she wants. Oh, 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 wait a minute. Yes, this is it. Who knows what she wants sexually and dresses like a stripper. Not also allowed. Is she's not also allowed to be a college professor? Can't she travel internationally to speak at conferences and perform at festivals and want to have great sex? Can I be comfortable and slutty enough to film myself giving the most amazingly sloppy deep throat BJ and then follow it up with a tarot card reading and a political talk. Can I play baby to a daddy and then share my opinions on modern child rearing? Does my sexuality in the moment I am being sexual disqualify me from all my aspirations? Does blackness 
Does my existence as an endangered species, read the statistics for violence against trans women of color, mean I can't live my life as an expression of joy, liberation, and self-love? This message is brought to you by the Get Ready to Work workbook, providing everything you need to know before your next interview, especially if your next interview is your first interview. The Get Ready to Work workbook is for you if you need help preparing for job interviews. It's a book and a workbook in one that combines education and information gathering. You'll be more confident and have the tools to be more prepared for your next interview. The Get Ready to Work workbook is available on Amazon.com. Get your copy today. Now, back to today's show. Mean I can't live my life as an expression of joy, liberation, and self-love. Yes, you wrote that. Wow. I wrote, <laughs> wrote that. Wow, probably before coffee, Maybe too. Maybe so, but I had to go back to my freedom probably. theater days to make sure I read it, read it and gave it wow. just due. Um, Thank you for reading it. Okay. And so I, I wanted to share that because when I read it, we we do uh, we do something in some of our workshops, and it's it's basically the time we give people an opportunity to tell a story about when they were treated differently, and we do it so that people understand that we have connection, even if your story is so different from mine that I couldn't imagine living it. The fact that I have a story that makes me remember a time when I was treated differently because of something different about me, just the fact that I know you have a story like that, and I have a story that all by itself connects us. And this speaks to the multi-dimensional aspects of who we all are as human beings. We're never all just that one thing. Brian Stevenson says, we're all more than the worst thing we've ever done. So even in our worst time, that can't be the only thing that defines us. What brought you to this, this dialogue, this blog, this conversation? That's so interesting. I... I owe a fair amount of it to my connection to movement work in the city of Detroit. Uh, Specifically being brought into contact with the writer, social critic, performer, artist, pleasure activist, Adrian Marie Brown, whose work I started following back in the early 10s, in the early, uh, in the early teens, uh, she wrote a book called Emergent Strategy and she was connecting the way systems in nature work. And that we are part of nature, that we're part of that, we're part of that. And if we can bring our understanding of the way biology and swales and microclimates and all of these things happen and do exist. We can connect it to ourselves and allow ourselves all of these microclimates and edges and and iterations, like all of these things that happen, sick cycles, that all these things that happen in nature, a constant dying off and rebirth. And so bringing that, that felt right for me. It felt that organic way of, of 
organizing felt right for me. And I think part of that is because things like theater of the oppressed allow for us to experience it in real time, as opposed to it being this, you know, heady idea of what it means to be a human being. We start looking at images of what it means to be a human being. And so I was down. I was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to get organic here. And there's also a sense in Adrienne Marie Brown's work that she brings up this idea of um, we're building this plane while we're right. flying. In I've it. heard that one a lot. We're building it as we're flying in it. So just this understanding that it's imperfect and it's going to be bumpy and it might not fly, but we're doing it anyway. We're doing it anyway. And right now we, we're here. We are. We're here. You know, virtually across the well halfway across the country from each other and being able to have this conversation um she also uh, uh reminded me of tony Cade bambara's quote uh, and i'm going to misquote it but the idea is that the revolution must be made so and it's just so irresistible mm. that that is how people that is how we will inspire change by making the revolution just irresistible and part of making it irresistible is to infuse joy in the work mm -hmm. you you and infusing you talk about uh, an incident uh, and i'm going to go to the the article i think it was a fundraiser it mm -hmm. was a fundraiser that you attended uh, lgbtqia plus mm -hmm. And you started your first line. It says LGBT, LGBTQ plus youth are under attack, y'all. Um, and, and so I want people to understand that the ability to bring joy to the things that you talk about and the things that you uh, support others in transitioning through and the things that you want to bring to light for, for many of us who need to learn more. To be able to even infuse joy into that is is a miraculous challenge, you know, because we know that the other side of that is very easily it can be dangerous, really dangerous for people. Um, yes. But I want you to talk about this LGBTQ plus yes. the youth, because a lot of people struggle with children. And I know I, and I'm going blank right now. Her name might come to me. The basketball player and his wife have a have a trans daughter. A lot of people struggle okay. with children and you talked about as early as five, you knew. Like, yeah. you, I'm changing my name. I know this is who, mm -hmm. talk to people about what this is like for the youth that you work with and, and meet and the parents of those youth. Well, I, it's a double-edged sword because I'm, I get to work with, I would say a lot of privileged families who have been able to approach the gender question, I don't want to say in a more informed way, but with a sense of more options, with a sense of more imagination of and a sense of more mm -hmm. possibilities. Um, and a lot of that has to do with having wealth and, and being stable, right? Being stable. And so there are, we're seeing more young people who are coming from families that are just accepting of who they are and there's a it's not even it's just it's just people being who they are and then by by virtue of being who they are 
I saw just a great, something great today. Um, they said, you know, there was a time when um, they used to beat left-handed people mm-hmm. to make them write with their right hand. And being left-handed was very, very rare. They, of course, have stopped punishing people for being left-handed. And as a result, the number of left-handed people has increased exponentially. Mm -hmm. And I think the same thing is happening in the the world Mm -hmm. around queerness is that because there isn't the pressure to not be queer, it's not cool Mm -hmm. to be homophobic as a parent. Right. It's not cool to be homophobic as a parent. And so we're seeing more queer kids because they're protected enough by society through all of the mechanisms that society can protect a child to know that there is an option and that they are okay. And that's beautiful that we have a generation Mm -hmm. of people who will have come up with that. My sense is that that, like many struggles, there will be a, a next, like the next generation of trans kids will just be who they right. are in a world where that's not so for everyone. In a world where that's not so. And so it will create, as with many um, changes and in it, like not innovations, but like progress in with progress. It's not pro- progress, isn't always progress for everyone. And so specifically with this group we're talking about you know kids from from you know urban environments that don't necessarily have access to all of the information Mm -hmm. that some of their peers may have who are from more upper middle classes and from more resourced homes for now more resourced homes for now now (laughs) for now which is again the connection the interconnection because it's if it's if it's if the rug, if the if the fabric is fraying, is it's fraying. fraying. It doesn't matter if you're at the. It doesn't matter if you're on the end that's not it's fraying. Get you sooner or later. The fabric is fraying. It's going to get to you. And so and so the fact that you have like you know more young people who are exposed to these things, who are then teaching their uh, the adults around them, which is the how I ended up in a community of 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 trans people because it of you know COVID and people were you know coming coming out finally after covid and some of the first people that i that i got to meet were trans youth Mm. who were you know now like coming home from college you know because the colleges were you know suddenly people weren't at college or what have you so all of these people are are home (laughs) and they're and they're kind of cool and um very accepting across so many lines not just about queer issues but I, I would say around race and age and ability just all of these things have been ava- all of this information has been available to them so they have so they you know have a much more equitable way of looking at the world understanding that different people have different needs and that's the individualism that, that we all are right well, we all have the needs that we have that's where we and, end up describing the difference between equality and equity it's, it's being yes. able to deal with the diversity and understand that that diversity don't don't try to homogenize it. Uh, yeah, it's, there's no one yeah. size Embrace fits it. all. There's no one size. 
yeah. and, and acknowledge and it and, and figure out how do I serve the needs of the individual in their diversity. Um, and there's joy yes. in that. And joy gets released. Yeah. When we not when we acknowledge people for who they are, joy gets released into the atmosphere. It's and it's it just happens. It just happens. So and it's again like it's a double-edged sword. Even when the question, just the question of sexuality, and some of my more progressive and really knowledgeable friends um, will, you know, I'll be me in public and they'll be like, shh, there's kids over there. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yes. And you know what? They're, some of them are queer too. Right. It's not, queerness is not an adult subject matter. Like, <laughs> right. not, what are you, you supposed know, I mean, to like, like de- you're supposed to de-queer? Like, are you supposed to downsize? I can't, no, I can't, you, you know, that? it's just, it's just what it is. Right. And so, and, and, and it's also one of the ways that people can kind of um, can kind of concern troll because they bring kids, people bringing in kids is a great way to kind of get people's ears to kind of stand mm-hmm. up. Um, and so it's also the way that trans people and all kinds of people continue to be oppressed because of the effect that we're going to have on children. Mm. When the fact of the matter is we're those children too. We're, you know, we're, it's not us having, you know, us as these people outside Mm -hmm. of society. We're here in the midst of all of us. We're part of, we're all of, yeah, we're all here together. You just, let's deal with each other and love on each other. You were that five-year-old. So to be in the presence of a five or six-year-old, it's like, no, I I was this child. So. Yeah. Who needed those questions Mm -hmm. answered. And there was no one to answer those questions. I was doing it on my own can you imagine a a five-year-old piecing together their own gender and changing your name and changing my name and getting away with it for quite a while (laughs) but just all of those things to have to be in a world where all of the where all of the diversity is just there Suddenly, me being Susie would not have been. It would have been yeah. nothing. It would have been, oh, okay, all right. I do Susie. like pink. They might have even changed was, my name. Yeah, my you name, might have been Susie I like now pink. instead of. I, I do. I might have been. I do want to ask. So, yeah. dude, let's talk about the name change. How, where, how did you pick okay. pink, and then where did Notorious Pink come from? I mean, I have ideas. It but... came. To, it really came to me in a dream. The pink came to me in a dream. I, someone said, if you dream in color, that's really rare. And so I started calling out the colors that I was seeing in my dreams. And I was, I was trying to, I was making, I was taking the, I was taking colors, making like a color palette, like you would make like a, a makeup palette. And you know, your foundation, you have the most of. And I was like, which of these colors would I ha- would be the foundation of this color palette from my dreams? And it was so clearly pink. Mm. And that's where the name come- came from. It was like, that's, that's my name. That's my name. And the notorious part was, you know, I don't want people to get me Trickster. wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't want them to hear pink and think that I'm like right. Don't get it twisted. Don't. <laughs> don't get, I'm not like I'm not bubblegum. I'm not you know I'm not a Disney right. movie. <laughs> she, yeah, I'm, she's, I'm a different shade. Yeah, she's of not pink. that. She's not that chick. Um, she, yeah, she's yeah. the six seven one. She's she's gonna tell you where she's coming from. 
Um, I have yeah. a couple of I have a couple of questions that are uh, actually related. I, I think one evening I was watching something and I sent you a, a message that said you got to watch the principles of pleasure on Netflix. And I know you responded, but I wonder if you didn't get to watch it. So you you need to watch it now too. But before I okay. before I get there, I want to talk about. Although I might watch it, I might be texting you in tonight, after yeah, soon after go, this thing. Oh yes, I did watch it, but just couldn't, remember. I couldn't remember on the spot. Um, decolonizing my big mouth. So this is another one of your black articles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I really did. I did publish that, huh? Okay. <laughs> this is another one of your blog articles. And I was like, um, first of all, people think because you work in a particular space, you always get it right. And it's like, no, we just figure that we, we're going to recover because we already know this is going to happen. So talk about your powwow incident, because I want to help people after that understand. <laughs> I want you to help people work through the discomfort they have in having some of these tough conversations about LGBTQ yeah. and pronouns and trans and, and all of that. And this is a good example yeah. of stuff's gone. Shiggity's going to happen. Yes. Well, I was, um, I have the word powwow has existed in. You're back. <laughs> You're back. Suddenly everything was okay. So I'm just going to have to, you know, be here and holding this for a okay, moment. Okay, cool. Okay. So um, the word powwow, and look, the spirits didn't like it. The spirits. See, <laughs> so you said powwow, and it's pow. pow. And they're pow. really here, and they're really, that's the shamanist. That's the shaman part. So the word powwow has existed as part of like my lexicon for my whole life. And so I use it a lot. I was using it a lot. And it was called out to me that that word is a, you know, it's a, it's a misuse of something from another a culture that is not my own. And I'm using it very, I mean, it would be like, you know, using like swing and sling in the rosary or anything that we would do that has to do with like people's culture and the, the sacred, the things that are sacred within people's culture. And I've, you know, come to learn that, you know, the powwow is, I mean, there's something sacred about, uh, the word is sacred in the way that a, much of indigenous culture sees all of life as sacred. But to use that word out of context, I, I'm coming, I was coming to understand, I was, I was called out mm -hmm. about the fact that it was just a misuse. And it's, and as someone who is, regardless of the color of my skin or my status as a trans person, I'm part of the dominant culture. I speak the dominant language. I'm a citizen of this country. And so uh, it was, it was, you know, just not cool to be using that. And it was called out and then it happened again, it happened again. And don't you know, I was at Brown and it happened again. And it happened again with my students at Brown. But the, the thing that is kind of fantastic when it happened with my students at Brown, when it happened with my friend, I was just, that person's like a little, you know, right. they're just privileged and they felt comfortable correcting me. And that's okay, it's all great. But when it happened with my students, I thought, wow, is that the environment that has been created here where these students feel okay to bring this to my attention? And so that that aspect of it was positive. But yeah, this word, I can't get this, I can't, couldn't get this particular word out of my mouth. So I understand when people misgender me. Yeah. 
I understand it. Sometimes it's just hard to get the the thing out of your mouth that you've been saying your whole life. Uh, but I think the what what's important is to acknowledge it as opposed to misgendering someone and saying, yeah, whatever, yeah, whatever. But to, to acknowledge, I'm sorry, and then co to correct. correct. So just the person knows that their humanity is being is being acknowledged. I just realized that suddenly the, the plug was out, so I don't know if yeah, you can I, hear it's me. Yeah, a little well. bit of a, there, oh, that's good. Yeah, that's better. Now mm -hmm. it's better. I just, the plug had come out when it, when it fell. Okay, but uh, so, so this, Oh, I'm sorry that all discombobulated. No. Oh, so, yeah. so yeah. So the idea, so the idea that I have, I understand that it's it's challenging, but w that's the that's our work. That's our work. You know, it used to be used to you have used to have to memorize telephone numbers. <laughs> oh my gosh! Do you know what I'm saying? Right. Oh my gosh! Get over yourself. Get over yourself. You used to have to memorize if you wanted to if you wanted to know someone's phone number, you had to write it down and carry it with yes. you. Or you memorize it, and so we memorize. Yeah, so just learn the stuff. Just learn it. Dog on it. Any number. So you just have to. It takes. It's what you want you, to. If it's important enough, if, if it's if it's important enough, you yep. will. Yeah. If it's no, important that's true. enough, and you it's will. funny. I just remembered a phone number from third grade. It's, it's one six four six four six nine five, New Jersey six zero nine area code. Why do I still know that yeah, number? I, my my. I think my old home phone number was VI eight five. Oh, you went way back. You went. Back to letters. Yeah. Oh my gosh. To letters. Okay. To so letters. Let's, let's, yeah. Would you share what your physical transformation? Because I want to get into some of the questions that people are like, oh, well, aren't they going to ask the questions? I want to know what he does with this thing and his and and, and while, while, <laughs> while part of me hates these questions because it's like, yeah, you know what I mean? Because it's like, why would you ask a cis woman? Who got, well, yeah. I might, because I know so many, who got her breasts enlarged, mm -hmm. like, what was that experience like? So I want you... If you'd never met a cis if woman, never, if, I'd, if, I'd never met a, if I'd never met a cis woman, you I, might ask. Would so, be, but, I would be curious and I and might ask And this is what question. I know for people yeah. who are here. One, it's my podcast. I get to ask my questions. Two, I, I don't think, and I know she is, she is very vocal and very visual about what is going on with her. So this is the person that I know I can comfortably ask these for your benefit, yes. because I already know the answer. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> so share what you share what you want to share, what you can share to help people understand the physicality of your transformation and what that yes. meant for you, because everybody doesn't opt for that. Yes. Um, and and here's what's interesting about it is that um, it's not it's not a all or nothing proposition. There are things that I I take hormones, mm -hmm. I take. Uh, an estradiol injection, which is a an estrogen hormone, estrogen supplement. I also take a progesterone tablet every evening, and that's also an estrogen hormone. And then I take a testosterone blocker called spironolactone. And so the estrogen is to bring out more traditionally female physical qualities. So my breasts have grown. I'm a 42 double bragger at the moment. Well, 
you have you to think are, in terms of proportion. I am six seven. I am six seven. So actually, I'm probably I've I've got some you ways got to, to go. You could, I've got some ways. You could to do go. more and be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my skin is much softer. It's like it's ridiculous, and my things like my sense of smell has increased. My sensitivity to things around me has increased. My skin is more sensitive. Things feel better. Being touched feels better. Um, just all of these things, I feel those things more deeply, and I, and those are those are physical, mm -hmm. physiological changes. Um, and then there are things that I still have questions about. Like I could, there are so many things that are available to me. There's you know rhinoplasty, um, you know nose jobs, and facial feminization. And the last consult. The con last consult I did was with the facial feminization surgeon. And then there's, you know, there's breast augmentation, there's um, liposuction, all these things, body shaping, all of these various things that are available as part of gender affirming care. And the reason that these, these treatments are available to address the dysphoria, which is real, mm -hmm which is real that people experience when they're living in a body that is not recognized as their gender and i use those words specifically because even when i before i ever started my gender af gender affirming care and gender affirming treatment i was a woman i was a woman that well, had very, very, very small breasts, and I was a woman that had a penis, and I was a woman that was tall and had a deep voice and had very masculine features, but I was a woman. And people have to get over this idea that just because someone defies your expectations in the way they look or in the way they dress or in the way they behave, that you can dismiss their identity. I'm lucky I can go to the store and buy 10 wigs and have a look and, you know, mm -hmm. I can, I'm creative enough to be able to do my makeup and to dress myself to be attractive. There are people who don't have those skills and there are people who are in situations where they don't have any access, especially, especially our trans families in, in Africa where, and other cultures where being trans is outlawed. Yeah, you wrote about breaking uh, the law. trans being, trans might be lethal. Trans might be lethal is another one of the pieces that you wrote. And, and I think some people, they think we've passed that because, you know, you talked about it is much more accepting and people are mm -hmm. able to live yeah. as who they are uh, much freer. But we're a long way from, especially globally, we're a long way from it being yeah. safe. Yeah. And, and I'm glad you brought that because when you said that article, I was like, oh, what was that article about? And if I'm correct, it's the article where I talk about how as a trans person, every time I go on a date, well, it's true. And it's true for mm -hmm. anyone, of course, 
but statistically yeah. more trans women of color are killed. killed by that person that they take home or takes them home or that they um, that they connect with that they're that they're hooking up with and so when that aspect and it's so when you talk about this the joy that i bring into life and a lot of it that when you were talking about the difficulty there i was like not really because you know we know what feels good we just often are too frightened or so not it's not socially sanctioned for us to be able to experience the things that really bring us joy um but there's also yes you said it can be dangerous Mm -hmm. to uh, allow oneself to really follow their joy and so, you know, even even me walking around at six seven, yeah, I can take care of myself. I've lost a lot of um, muscle. I have I don't have nearly the kind of girth that I had when I was before I started taking mm-hmm. the hormones. But I can pretty much take care of myself. But that's not going to help me if someone gets the jump on me or if a group of people decide that they um, want. They, they have ideas about me and they don't recognize my humanity enough to stop. Yeah. It's, I, I just, I love the fact that you, the things that you write about are, first of all, it's a wide range of things. And you, you know, the, the word humanity comes to mind for me because it just speaks to, um, it calls, it calls us to pay attention to how we are treating humanity and how we're demonstrating our own humanity on a regular basis. And, and to be able to do that in the face of something that we don't understand or that we don't want to understand. And, and to say, but you don't really have to understand it to show humanity, to demonstrate your humanity to another human being. And then we're back to, you can't control this. So, you know, mm-hmm. what, what other options should you have other than the one that demonstrates compassion. Yeah. And this, you know, what's, what's, and this is my agitation. This is me being a little bit of a trickster, a little bit of a trickster here. Um, That something that's so healing and seems like it should come naturally. There are so many forces the dominant cultural mode is not to recognize our humanity. Mm. It is what, you know, our laws, the way our society, uh, the way we run politics, our, our justice system, our education system, our health system, none of these things was designed with humanity at the center. It's, a, you know, it's, it's maybe being considered as the, as the marketing as a as a marketing angle human the, mm-hmm. you know our humanity the fact that our humanity makes us need things but we're not given access to those things because we are human beings we're given access to those things because because we can pay right. for them right because we can afford it if we can if afford we can. them if we yeah. can if we if can, we afford, can them. afford them yeah even though without them we cannot even we can't we can't live Without many of these things, we can't live. But that's not the society we live in. If you can't follow the mm-hmm. rules, 
you'll you'll die. die not not figuratively you literally you you'll die um i want to open it up to any questions or comments that anyone might have so if you do hit that button in the lower left corner and um you can have a have a have an opportunity to say hello or chat with pink or ask a question um and while we're looking to see if anybody has anything i want to talk about walk like a goddess um, <laughs> and, and just even before that, I, I really want people, folks, get a pen. I want you to write down and you're going to, again, you're going to see the little fortune cookie ticker tape going below. It's notoriouspink.org um, that you, you can go there and reach out. And I also want to find out, is that the best place for people to reach you if they want to have you come and speak? Because you were just in Berlin, Germany doing, mm -hmm. please tell us what, what you were speaking on there. I was doing Theater of the Oppressed on the theme of gender. So I was using Theater of the Oppressed, oppressed to get people to, to allow people the space to play with their notions of gender. It was very moving. It sounds like it. It was like very it. moving. Yeah, it sounds like mm -hmm. it. Um, yeah, because I think it takes people back to a place in their child, like it connects to a moment in their childhood before they understood what gender was. And again, awakening, awakening the imagination is uh, can be very dangerous. Um, it could be very subversive, and that's why I do. Yeah, yeah, it, and it, and it's needed. And you're being so well received. You are being so well yeah. received, which is what's wonderful. Which yeah, speaks. it's amazing to me. Why so? Why? It goes against everything. Well, I don't know because I think what stopped me forever was people won't approve. People won't approve. And even when I first had the, the idea to put up a picture of my body, the, my, my friends advised me to, not to mm. do it. They said, don't do that. Uh, you know, you'll never get work. You'll never. And I hope you're enjoying today's episode. If you're getting value from what you're hearing today, if you've had moments where you thought I should write this down or that is really interesting. I didn't know that then I wanna invite you to stay connected to me. You can do it by going to my website. And my website is liveempoweredinstitute.com. That's liveempoweredinstitute.com. And when you get there, hit the subscribe button so that you'll have access to any events, courses, articles, or promotions that might be going on. You can also get my other social media outlet links there. That's for Facebook, where I'm at Live Empowered Institute, or my Instagram, where I'm at Dr. Lisa Summer Hour, and my YouTube channel. But if you missed all of that, just go to the website, Live Empowered Institute, www.liveempoweredinstitute.com, and you'll be able to stay connected with me there. Thanks. The, my, my friends advised me to, not to mm. do it. They said, don't do that. Uh, you know, you'll never get work. You'll never... And what I realized is that was the that was the cop in their head mm. talking. Ah. That was the cop in their head telling them, oh, I could never do that. But as soon as I did it, oh, you're suddenly I'm suddenly suddenly my feet is blowing up with like all my girlfriends are you know, posing right. and you know people are you. getting cute, dressed up and doing selfies like. People in their forties and fifties, and you know what I mean. People are 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 celebrating themselves 
all their bodies as they are, their ages as they are, whatever, whatever is going on. And that's suddenly that's all around me. And I've awakened that in my particular mm -hmm. community. And I'm only imagining that, you know, each time one of us decides to just give, and I don't want to say being authentic, like it's a prize, but just really just doing it, following your heart, mm -hmm. following your heart, even if it's scary to just follow your heart because in in a way it becomes and it was so interesting because we're back to the idea of free yes. fall and the ticker tape <laughs> the ticker tape as we were coming in said you don't need a parachute to go skydiving right you need a parachute to go, to go skydiving twice you, you don't need a parachute to go skydiving you need a parachute to go skydiving right twice. if you're planning on doing it again you need if a, you're planning on doing it again, you need a parachute. and so that's the idea. So that that's the idea is like sort of like figuring out when do I need a parachute? Why do I need a parachute? Like and asking ourselves these critical questions. And, you know, again, do I do I want to have a parachute? And, I, and this is something another thing it ties to. And you've probably heard me say this because you've we've been in a play together. I often will say to a director, I don't know, I might fly. I don't know. I might fly. Just give me a second. Right. You know, and that's my way of saying, if you allow me to let inspiration strike in the creative mm -hmm, process, mm -hmm. like if it's a performance, do the performance, but in the creative process, just give me a second to allow my creative process, allow my imagination to go to the place that isn't the immediately downloaded mm -hmm. place. Mm -hmm. Because if you say laugh and I go, ha, 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 right. you know what I mean? That's like, right. But if you say laugh and I really think about what that could be, it might, you know what I mean? It might, come it might from, become yeah, something Yeah, it might else. come from some completely it other place, right? Come completely other place, right? And then be interesting because, because it's, because it's like real, right. it's real. Right. It's what's happening as opposed to what's being put on. And so, um, yeah, there's so, so, so much of, of what life has become is simply just giving myself a second to not do the thing that I know I'm supposed to do to find out what it is that I want to do. That you want to do. Um, this I want line to do, and not in a like a goddess. Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, the line from Walk Like a Goddess that I, I highlighted, it says, sometimes the goddess insists on visibility. Yes. And and I, I, yes. you could, you could that could be a t-shirt. You should do t-shirts with that and just get you. I've been, you know, I, I've done a couple of, yeah. I've actually done a couple of t-shirts and I'm, and I'm like, you know, yeah, I mean, there's probably a notorious pink line. I'm, I'm waiting. Down the I'm line. waiting for it. I, yeah. I can pull a bunch of yeah. t-shirt lines out for you from your blogs. If you, if you ever want somebody helping with you, helping you to do that. Um, you've all, you've gotten a great, you've got a great start <laughs> so far, but yeah. So this idea that's, I mean, and that's the, that's what I'm, that's, I guess what I, the, the bottom line is it's going to come out. It's going to come out. Well, you, you hope, because I think some people live well, in that place well, of being oppressed. And like you said, they don't yes, even know but when, that's where they are. But that's the thing is that it's going to come out. And sometimes if it's not coming out, if it's not being channeled 
you know, if we're not tuning in to Say where it. is this trying to go, who am I, then it comes out in the Say dangerous it. Yes. way. It comes out in, it in comes a out terror. In way. In a terror. And nothing could be, nothing is more frightening than a world of unrealized mm -hmm. people, of people who don't know who they are, because right. they've never been given the opportunity and they've never been, uh, they've never considered that they could order off the menu. Yeah, well, yeah, you, you're you're creating new menus like daily. Um, mm -hmm. I I just want to thank you, thank everyone. I I see my mom there. I see Nadine. Um, Althea is on here today, and uh, Kath, thank you for being here. I have a couple of questions that I want to ask, and if someone does have a question, you still have a minute or so. I ask these questions at the end of every show, um, but first, before I even do that, just thank thank you so much for the openness that you live with that you live into, you just live into the bigger you every day. Like you just take those, you experiment with your own best you constantly. Um, I never see it as you competing. You're never comparing yourself to anyone else. It truly is. It's almost, I feel like I'm a voyeur, but it's with your permission. So I, I don't feel bad about it. Um, but I love tuning into what you're doing because I, I and I'll constantly type. You just inspire me. It, it, it is motivating and encouraging to say, what's my bigger me today? What's the, a girlfriend of mine, one of my coaches, she says, it's the giant, it's you know, the giant in you, you live into that giant um, in you. And so I just, I will continue to thank you for that um, and bless you for doing that because it's not just me, I'm seeing other people in our, our circle being blessed by that. And if it causes people to step outside of that comfort zone and create a new comfort zone that was bigger than the old one, then yay, you know? So first question is, what is empowerment to you? Or what, or you can answer either one. What's empowerment to you? Or what are the things that you do to feel empowered? I'm almost scared of this I, answer. But <laughs> no, it's, you, know what's, you know what's actually really interesting? And some of it has to do with the accident. Some of it has to do with, you know, the, the pandemic. But empowerment is where fear doesn't make the decision i make the decision fear doesn't make the decision when i make the decision that's empowerment when fear makes the decision that's oppression and okay, that's so another if i can do yeah yeah so it's really just about like if i if the reason i'm not going to do this is because i'm afraid of and then anything that once that stops being the barrier to living that to me is empowerment and i'm not no one's 100 percent there but the more those can get pulled out the more i find it's just easier and easier to live because it dispels the the demon the monster in the closet or under the bed they don't exist you shine light mm -hmm. you shine light into those dark spaces and you realize, oh, it's beautiful in here. <laughs> I ought to come in this room more often. I'm missing all of this. Right. You know, when it was dark, it seemed a little scary and a little ominous, but turn the light on. Yeah. Turn the light on. Okay, I'm loving you that. Know? So and somebody's, yeah. Yeah. When yeah. fear is not making the decision, that's empowerment. When it is, it's yeah. oppression. Folks, you can write that down yeah. and it, you can credit flowers for that one. So my next one is a three part, and it's my what went well. 
Um, I have a what went well journal, but the what went well question, we start with just today. And it could be anything, something today that went well for you. <laughs> I know I only have a few minutes left and it could take a turn. Okay. <laughs> what, okay, okay, I'll say what went well. What went today. well today? Um, what went well today is I create a list for myself. It's not a very long list, but it's a list of things that I'm committed to doing in the in the next day. And I don't necessarily keep a calendar or a journal. You know, it's not those kinds of things. It's things for my spiritual growth or things for my, you know, my self-improvement, reading, writing, um, like considering my gratitudes, mm -hmm. things like that. I got through my whole list today. Oh, wow. I got through my whole list today. That That yeah. is a really, that's a what went well, wow. Um, yeah, and it's, because it, that's, those are the things that very, very quickly become deprioritized mm -hmm. as well. Right. So yeah. That so the point. next went well is go back three, four or five days and what's gone well. Oof. Three, four or five days. Was I traveling three four five days ago i feel like i did go somewhere but i don't remember where i went did i go to i feel like i went to the benefit okay i feel like i was at the ben i was at the benefit and it went well we raised about three thousand dollars in a couple of hours in a bar nice. so for, for what cause well. i'm just curious for that was for the that was lgbtq, the LGBTQ. Oh, you, you actually that raised that six thousand I, it was the, in that evening, we raised about 3000 Okay. Cause I thought the article had six. So maybe that was another one. No, the six was the year, oh, okay. was the two okay. years before. Right. That was a different gotcha. event. This was a small, small. this was a slightly well, smaller 3, event. 3000 in a small bar ain't bad. So my third. 3000 it, it, it was a neighborhood bar. People were watching See, football. I mean, it was impressive. a small, small group, but, and people just kept coming and coming and coming. And so of course people are having fun and they're calling their friends and then by the end of the night, it was a, a decent crowd, and we ended up raising three thousand, which is that's a nice what, what which well. was also more than more than that group thought they were going to raise. They thought they were only going to be able to raise five hundred. Now, were you? Did you organize that? What was? The, I was the I was the MC, okay. and I would say I organized it in that I agitated <laughs> to get them to give All more right, money. There you go. There you go. So the third what went well is if you close your eyes and look back over your life and can say one thing that you feel like this is oh the thing God. that has just gone well for me. This right now, this right now, being notorious pink. Being notorious pink. Being notorious pink. How the hell did that happen? <laughs> you know what I mean? If you had told me that I was going to get to be this, this, I say this girl all the time, that I was going to get to be this girl, um, I would just, but uh, yeah, getting to be this girl. Well. well, I have enjoyed this. I love you. We're not, you're not going anywhere. I'm just going to see you online and be stalking you like always. Uh, but thank you for taking this time. This has just been a, a joy and a pleasure for me. And I know yeah. uh, the people who are here live, Jacqueline, Nadine, um, who's on here, Kat, and people who are going to be watching this in the replay are going to be blessed for, by it. And you can go to Notorious pink.org and keep up with pink and all of her travels and her escapades and her community service and all of the ways that she's figuring out to educate us on just can i offer yes one? please you get the last i was going to say oh, and if you 
if you haven't read my if you haven't read my newest post it's on the a phenomenon of of autistic men being attracted to trans women autistic men being attracted to men being attracted to trans women and it's my experience dating autistic okay, only you men. would find that i mean that that topic has, it's just that is not it's even, like no, no one would ever have thought no. in a million years but it's a thing after, one after another i was i was dating uh, i have been dating autistic men and i don't find out they're autistic until we're on the first date but yeah and yeah, there's a connection Okay, thank you for that. That was I was going to give you the last word. So, folks, you're going to go to notorious notoriouspink.org. You really do go through the blog. It's a it it all by itself is a, an educational experience, uh, but it's also very enlightening, and it's informative. And so, I just want to thank you again. I love you to pieces, and uh, you're you've got me really close to thinking about some portrait shots. Um, and you know what? When you're out here in California, we have a whole garden and a yard full of palm trees. Great photo shoot location. I'm just saying. Okay. Everyone, thank you. You just put it out this, there. I just put it out there. This has been Live Empowered, and we hope that you find your path to empowerment so that you can live empowered and help somebody else do the same thing. Good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to Live Empowered. You can connect with me on Facebook at Dr. Lisa Summerhour Live Empowered Institute. If you enjoyed this episode, recommend Live Empowered with Dr. Lisa Summerhour or my series Divorce is Not a Destination to your friends and family. Be sure to join my live audience and see upcoming shows by registering for access at firesidechat.com backslash Lisa Summerhour. That's L-I-S-A. S-U-M-M-E-R-O-U-R. Catch replays on Fireside and my YouTube channel, Live Empowered. Until next time, you live empowered and lead your best self forward. Live on Fireside.